welcome back to Butter With That, a podcast where some friends from Philly get together to talk about movies. So uh, we are rounding out Christmas, uh, which was uh, the th- the sort of theme of the month that we rolled into celebrating some of our favorite Hollywood Chris's. We'll be talking about another one today. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, just touching base. How's everybody been? Happy New Great. Year. Happy, Happy New Year. year. Um, <laughs> good Lord. Um... I have watched so many movies. I can't probably more movies in the past like three weeks than I have wow. all year. Whoa. Truly. I don't know mm. what happened. I think it's because I was spending a lot of time at home and I couldn't sleep. <laughs> so I was like, just roll them up. Roll That'll do it. <laughs> That'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, in tandem, I fell in love with Adam Driver in like the biggest way. You know, the vine of the do- like the Chihuahua who's like, sat up on its back and the song like pour some sugar on me and then like a bunch of like oreos and stuff fall <laughs> that was like me and um adam driver movies and, and adam driver and like so what's your favorite role of his um tbd because i haven't seen everything yet okay but but I've what i patterson is good yeah, i haven't seen it? that okay. yet i haven't mm-hmm. seen that i've heard that's very good um but it i have is, it's sweet yeah. yeah, I have seen a, a bunch. There's this one. It's called Hungry Hearts that I think is um, the best way for me to describe it is like if Rosemary's baby, instead of it being like actually real and her being gaslit the whole time, then like, of course, Satan's baby. If it wasn't <laughs> that and instead it was like her having a mental breakdown and you're watching the people around her deal with it, that's like Hungry Hearts. Whoa. And it's really, really good. I liked it a lot. And um, uh, <laughs> what really put me over the edge, I started watching interviews with Adam Driver as well. And he's like, he's so funny. And <laughs> In the an interview for like one of the I think it was for the Force Awakens, um, the interviewer was like, "So, um, in this clip, are you like holding a lightsaber?" And he's like, "Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It could be a potato peeler. People have to eat in space." And I like wept because of how hard I was laughing. So like that's where I'm at. Hmm. Yeah, he, I mean honestly, that's what got me through my final watch of Rise of the Skywalker. How many yeah, times have you seen it, Tori? Wow. Three. Uh, but like he's just so good mm-hmm. and like I actually like him and his character so much that like I was like okay fine I'm just gonna focus on Adam Driver because he and Daisy Ridley scenes are like the best scenes in that yeah. so yeah the report is also really good too if you have that's Amazon good. Prime it is so good oh that's on Amazon Prime uh-huh. oh cool and Marriage Store is on Netflix so yeah, yeah. look at him just killing it with these digital exclusives I know <laughs> no. Um, my first watch of 2020 was Tammy and the T-Rex, the gore cut. Oh, <laughs> hey. Um, has anyone seen the original Tammy and the T-Rex? I don't no. even know what the fuck well, is. Paul Walker gets in an accident oh, and no. uh, leaves his girlfriend. What's her name? Is it Denise Richards? Maybe. I think so. Anyway, um, he gets into an accident and he is like on the brink of dying. And this mad Whoa, scientist takes, yeah. his, I know, takes yeah. his heart Whoa. and puts it in a robot T-Rex. That's how okay. I And he gets revenge yeah. on the people that um, tried to kill him. But there's like a PG slash PG-13. And then there's the gore cut where you actually see like serious the crazy heart. stuff. <laughs> and that was the first movie of 2020 I watched. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? It was.
was a lot of fun. It's crazy. It's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. But hmm. we own wow. it now, so <laughs> there you go. My first movie of 2020 was Blades of Glory, the Wolf Ferrell, John Peter classic. I saw that you watched that on Netflix. Yeah. <clears throat> or on uh, Letterboxd. Yeah. Um, yeah, problematic, but I think it sells a lot of great laughs. Craig T. Nelson just always cracks me up. He's just great in everything. Um, and the real movie that I watched was Dolomite Is My Name. Yeah. 2019's Netflix. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, just great to see Eddie Murphy living it up. Rudy Ray Moore, super interesting guy. Eddie Murphy just really kills it. And I love films that are about like making movies. So this kind of like taps into a lot of things I really like about. Yeah, it was real good. Yeah. Highly recommend. Also on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Hmm. He was also really funny on SNL just a couple weeks ago, too. Oh my God. He swore and it was so funny. He said shit and all of a sudden he was like, ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah his appearance was on that. Was, that was yeah. a really good episode. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, my first movie of 2020 was a 1960s, maybe early 70s heist movie called Freddy Connor or Freddy Conway and his friends or the friends of Freddy. I don't know. Oh, that sounds familiar. Huh. It's great. It's Robert Mitchum okay. as like an old guy and he is a gun runner in Boston. It's like the like a Boston mafia movie before... Mm. The Departed and like yeah all of that and it was it was yeah he's old he wants to like end <clears throat> his life of uh you know supplying guns for heists and just move to Florida with his family but he can't because he has too much of a past and too many friends who end up <laughs> spoiler alert not being very good friends oh yeah wow. damn wow weird I'm here I was gonna watch it god damn it I mean you pretty <laughs> much know from the way this guy has. He's got a lot of connections that could turn him, bite him in the ass. Wow. So, oh. yeah. Damn. Hmm. They All call right. him Freddy Fingers, which is kind of a weird. <laughs> <laughs> Don't love that. That put me over the edge. That really did it. Not my fave. Yeah. Oh, 1960s. Yeah. Great outfits, though. Oh, my that. God. Heist, seven, like late 60s, early 70s, like heist outfits. So good. It's pretty good. A lot of It's lot a of good time to do a heist. Oh, yeah. 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 And look like you want to be caught because, mm-hmm. like, yeah. <laughs> you don't blend in because you got, like, huge leather bell. But I guess everyone's wearing it. But <laughs> Doesn't John Mulaney have a joke about that? He's like, they're dressed like they're going to church. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the Suggins gang. He, like, shoots the, <laughs> the, the name into the, the, the wall. Did anybody watch his Netflix special? Yeah. I've heard it's really funny. It's fine. Oh, okay. I heard Jake Gyllenhaal has a great bit part. I mean, it's worth it for that. I watched hmm. um, Bo Burnham's stand-up on I Netflix. I'd never seen any of his stuff before, and it was so funny. So my friend, uh, who's from Massachusetts, she's from Boston area, she, like when we were in college, she was like, there's this Boston kid who like was in the theater scene, like he was a little older than uh, than us, but like everyone's freaking now he's this YouTube channel. And it was like Bo Burnham, like when he was still like in his room playing or I guess he was younger playing, mm. playing the piano and like he had all these YouTube songs and then he fucking blew up and it was yeah. like now he's everywhere. Eighth grade. Did you guys see eighth grade? No. no. It's no. so I've heard it's amazing. Good. It's yeah. so good. Uh, anyhow, side note. Yeah. But he's very talented. He's way fucking younger than us, which is so frustrating. He, but he's so good. Yeah, yeah. Go on his YouTube channel uh, and see if there's some throwbacks to Bo Burnham because they're hilarious. I get uh, his songs stuck in my head a lot now from that stand up because they're like really catchy, <laughs> but also like pretty inappropriate usually. Yeah. Hmm. Just like Rudy Ray Moore. There you go. Maybe. <laughs> 
Maybe. <laughs> I love, like, at the end of the movie when you see the real clips yeah. of, like, the stuff that he did when he does that line, bitch, are you for real? Oh, you for real? <laughs> and it's like, oh, I've seen that, like, a million places. Yep. So good. How about you, Dave? Um, I don't know. I think the first thing that I probably watched this year was a rewatch of The Lighthouse. Um, I bought the digital cop version of that, so... Um, How many times have you seen it now? Uh, I think... Five, because I also watched wow. it with my uh, my dad while I was home for Christmas. Did oh, you did like, he it? like it? Yeah, he he enjoyed it. He'd already oh, listened cool. to the podcast though, so he'd already Aww. kind of have had a lot mm. of it explained, um, or at least as well as you can explain that movie. But um, <laughs> yeah, he seemed to he seemed to enjoy it. So that was kind of fun. That's and, pretty cool. Yeah, I still you know I still <clears throat> love it. As we'll talk about next week, um, when we start getting into uh, some of our uh, some of the uh, special stuff that we'll be discussing in uh, a kind of annual review. Uh, I think it's probably going to come up for me a couple times. So, hmm. Mm. Uh oh. Spoilers. Spoilers. So that would have been yeah the first movie uh, first movie that I would have watched uh, for the year I think. Hmm. And then I also watched uh, the movie that we'll be discussing today a a couple <sighs> of times. Why? How do you oh do this to yourself? God. Well, you know, and to to you guys to answer the uh, the question that you've I, I think all asked me in different ways so far about this movie <laughs> about this week's choices. <laughs> Why would I have done this to us? You also introduced this episode and or introduced the theme as Chris favorites. And yes. this will be an interesting one within the category of, of all Chris the Chris's in all the world. Well, of all the of all the movies that this particular Chris is in. So mm-hmm. um yeah, the movie that we'll be discussing today and rounding out our uh, Christmas theme with um, is a Chris, uh, movie that features Christopher Lloyd. He does uh, voice acting in this. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, obviously great actor. Uh, you know, uh, also Chris Kattan. Oh yeah, yeah, Chris yeah. Chris Kattan is also yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Two Chris's. Um, but yeah, I guess I I chose it mostly for um, for Christopher Lloyd because mm. I love Christopher Lloyd as an actor, and I don't know why he's in this movie. <laughs> I don't know why anyone is in this anyone? movie, and oh I don't know God. why this movie exists or who it was made for. Hopefully, we'll be able to get to the bottom of it. Um, we are talking about what is, in my humble opinion, uh, the, worst, the, the worst <laughs> movie the ever made. Ever made. Which sounds like hyperbole, but uh, we'll see about that. Uh, we're talking about 2012's Food Fight. Uh, Larry Kasanoff picture um, that is, um, is pretty much widely regarded as the worst animated film of all time. Uh, it has a 1.6 on IMDb. That's and, too generous. And uh, who would have given it any stars? <laughs> Well, I, I guess the, enough, I had to give it half get, a star. Yeah, they were required to give it something, I guess. So. Ew, you can't give something zero stars. I don't think so. Well, you can not vote, but then you're uh, you're being canceled yeah. out. So. Well, no, that's but yeah, you want to bring that rating down. I need wow. people to know about it. <laughs> <laughs> it also has boasts a ten percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, with no available uh, tomatometer due to lack of published reviews. <laughs> what um, of published reviews though? Uh, Rebecca Hawks of the Daily Telegraph regards it as, quote, the worst animated children's film ever made, while AV Club has been quoted as stating, Food Fight doesn't just represent one of the entertainment world's most appalling lapses in taste, restraint, and judgment in recent memory. It's also one of those fall of civilization moments, end <laughs> quote. Um, an article published in the New York Times uh, spoke just as damningly about the film, saying that, quote, the animation appears unfinished and the plot is... Impenetrable and even offensive. Uh, Kate Valentine of the Hollywood News wrote that it is, quote, 
by far the crappiest piece of crap I have ever had the misfortune to watch. <laughs> that sums it up. Yeah, I think this so. This movie pretty roundly hated. Fall by of Civilization <laughs> sounds about accurate. Yeah, mm. just about right. This, as, yeah. as 2020 uh, gives us <laughs> World War Three, uh, we deserve it. Yep. <laughs> So to give us like a little bit of perspective on what the hell this movie could even be, um, I've prepared a, a plot synopsis for everybody. Oh, wonderful! <laughs> Good luck, as it as it were, yeah. Um, and then we'll uh, we'll take a little bit of time to talk about how we felt about the movie, uh, our favorite scenes, if that's even possible, um, what we think went wrong with this movie, and then I've got some notes on uh, its troubled production history, which is actually a really storied within the animation industry and a. Pretty good explanation for how this became the disaster that it is. So, uh, Food Fight is a story in which, uh, by day, uh, Marketropolis Market appears to us as would any run-of-the-mill grocery store, complete with clearly identifiable real-world branded merchandise and goods. Uh, but after nightfall, the store closes, uh, and it transforms into a bustling cityscape inhabited by corporate icons. They're referred to in the film as Ikes, which I'll suggest, uh, as we'll get into, we not use. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and request Fine that right that. now. Thank you. Cool Thank you. You'll find out why as we continue Thank to explain you. the plot Great. of this movie. Um, because, my God. Uh, in this world, uh, Dex Dog Detective... <laughs> 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 which is his name. What was uh, that name, Dave? That's, that's Dex Dog Detective. Thank you. Who is a serial mascot? Um... Maintains order and is uh, with is a just C a, or a S. <laughs> and is just about to uh, propose to his cat slash girlfriend slash human person thing, Sunshine Goodness, a raisin oh icon. Why was she a cat? Why? Why was That's she a thing, human? Sunshine, You're right. the raisin, there's nothing cat related no. in okay, but the logo. No, not at all. Uh, no. All right. This is not my hill to die on. <laughs> so wearing cat here. All right, we'll get back to her. But when Sunshine Goodness goes missing, Damn, Sunshine Goodness. Uh, Dex hangs up as a detective hat oh. for good. But then six months later, the market is infiltrated by a series of generic products called Brand X, led by a mysterious and seductive Lady X, a laundry detergent icon. Um, Brand X uh, begins replacing long-standing corporate products within the market, resulting in the deaths of their icons. Uh, and that's when Dex springs into action. He discovers that Brand X products are infused with an addictive elixir that's winning over while possibly poisoning customers. Uh, he then unites the corporate icons in a plan to overthrow the generic Brand X, uh, all while clashing with the clearly Nazi-esque Brand X armies mm. in the streets in the yeah. giant Tischler food fight. Uh, Dex rescues Sunshine, who's been kidnapped by Lady X in order to extract her essence uh, for herself since she's been recalled for being too <laughs> ugly of an icon. Uh, they defeat Lady X, find a miraculous cure to revive the fallen I- corporate icons, and Dex and Sunshine finally marry. Uh, that, in essence, is the story of Food Fight. Um, the film stars uh, Charlie Sheen as uh, our hero Dex Dog Detective, a serial icon, uh, and as his namesake implies, a humanoid dog detective. Uh, Hillary Duff as Sunshine Goodness, an anthropomorphic cat-like human thing, and raisin icon. Um, like Lizzie McGuire era Hillary Duff. Yeah. That uh, she is, by the way, uh, Dex's love interest, uh, <laughs> which is additionally upsetting, not only because of the uh, humanoid cat thing oh, and a dog, dog uh, but well, we can I mean, assume no, that can be pulled off. Real like Bojack does no. a great universe. I'm a, I'm where a... you... Okay, I'm not going to say in a kids <laughs> film it's a little confusing. Which I would still argue for animation. 
that like I think Bojack can do it so well and even for a kids show but like I mean Spongebob does it well but this is something totally different well the reason in particular this is so upsetting is because the principal voice acting would most likely have been recorded in 2002 at which time Hilary Duff would have been 15 by contrast Charlie Sheen as Dex Dog Detective would have been 37 years old yeah I couldn't stop thinking about that also Haley Duff was in it Mm -hmm. she was she she plays uh, Sweet Cakes who is catcalled by his best friend uh, Daredevil Dan, as played oh. by Wayne Brady, oh, Wayne who is Brady. a chocolate squirrel pilot who's an icon for some kind of chocolate. I don't know. Um, Eva Langoria appears to us as the voluptuously animated human icon for Brand X Laundry Line. Um, and of course, as uh, is the theme, the legendary Christopher Lloyd as Mr. Clipboard, the real world human representative for name. Brand X. Is, that is his name. That's not his Mr. name. Mr. Clipboard. As. <laughs> as the I'm real world uh, human representative of Brand X generic product line. The film also features the voice acting talents of industry regulars like Larry Miller, Ed Asner, Jerry Stiller, Chris Kattan, Harvey Firestein, and Cloris Leachman, Cloris all of whom Leachman. are very talented people. Yep. And have plenty of money. Yeah. So They didn't need this. That is the, the backdrop of this movie. I suppose uh, now would be as good a time as ever to get into what we all thought about it and how we felt about it. And uh, I think most importantly, how we feel something like this could have happened to all of us. Um, again, like I, feel I feel it's, and I say this, I think without hyperbole, the worst film I've ever seen, excluding like morally horrible films mm. like, you know, like Birth of a Nation or what have you. But this film is also pretty, uh, pretty morally reprehensible for uh, a lot of reasons. So uh, how did you guys feel about it? To be honest, I put it on... And was like feeling like I might be on the verge of an anxiety attack. (laughs) And then I got halfway through the movie and it felt like it was about to end because he had uncovered (laughs) that like there was a plot. And then I looked and there were 45 minutes (laughs) and I was like, dear God, no. And so I watched the rest on silent at work. (laughs) The worst part about it is the movie's an hour and a half. I, which I was like, great. That's perfect. No. No. This movie doesn't deserve to be more than about. The beautiful 90 minute rule. Well, they can clearly run out of material because about 30 minutes of the last 45 minutes is just the same battle sequence cycling (laughs) over and over. It's like slow. Soldiers in formation, giant gloop gets like vaulted into the sky and lands on some of the icons. And it's just what changes is the color of gloop that's landing on it's, the ground. No matter what kind of food, it could be chips, it could it be was, popcorn, it could be it could be like laundry products and things. It all explodes as goo. Something same was going goo. on in that atmosphere. Don't know what, but you're like you needed to fill out all like. And why were people still outside? Like, go inside, man. You yeah. see this happening. <laughs> Initially, I was excited, too, because when it started, there were, like, two pretty good food puns on the signs, mm-hmm. but it stops there. Like, that <laughs> there, was like There, that was there are two that I do really love, yeah. which are actually in Dex's, uh, Dex's mm-hmm. apartment, the two, uh, the two posters that he has. One oh, of, yeah. One of which was uh, 12 Hungry Men, and the other of which was Dial B for a Burger. <laughs> Those are pretty great. Uh, but I think that's about as far as the reasonable puns go. I wrote down, I, while I was watching it, I tried to write down uh, as many as I could, and that became utterly exhausting. So here are just a handful. Um, and these uh, pulled right from the movie. You bet your box top for frying out loud. Get a shelf life. 
Better go easy on the potato juice before you get chip-faced. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> fuck. Oh, fuck. You can kiss my additives. Holy chips. Uh... I just can't throw in the paper towel. Have you flipped your flapjacks? Nothing's harder than seeing good food go bad. And this is my favorite because these two appear no, probably no more than 15 minutes away from each other. Let's snap, crackle, and pop out of here. And let's banana split out of here. Um, I wanted to write stuff down, but like it was so bad I couldn't even focus in on anything. Like I just like let it wash over me. It was horrifying. <laughs> The best thing I did was watch this with someone else yes. because oh, yeah. the whole you time we were just like, are you kidding? The flip, the flapjacks thing, that, that did make me laugh. <laughs> that made me laugh. Oh, my room? Okay. <laughs> but like. It's, oh, go ahead. No, sorry. I was just going to say, like, I felt my soul. I watched my soul die and then I was reanimated with just rage. Yeah. That's yeah. it. With like, yeah, about like 45 minutes in. I was like, okay, surely that's the end. I just feel yeah. like when the initial issue with Sonic happened and everyone was like, this animation's really bad, they should have just made everyone watch this movie. And then they would have been like, you know what? Sonic looks fine. And they would have saved a ton of money. This yeah. movie actually makes like, it makes my eyes hurt. It yeah. does. It makes my eyes hurt and it makes my stomach upset. Yeah. So if you're listening and are interested, quickly look up a scene of the Christopher Lloyd character walking into Mr. the grocery Clark store oh, and God. it will make oh you my God, I know. nauseous. What is that? Why, why do the humans look that way? So well, that's and why I... do they walk that way? What, what well, is so this? That's explained with the, that character in particular uh, to a degree because Christopher Lloyd's character, Mr. Clipboard, um, who is again the real world um, uh, like spokes uh, person and like um, distributor for uh, Brand X and is bringing them to Ed Asner for God's sake Ed Asner's um, <laughs> Marketropolis Market um, and he yeah he walks really spastically like his limbs just sort of flail around his head is like at least a third larger than it should mm. be by contrast to any other animated character and he's He's clearly just like phoning the whole performance in and just kind of like, I'm here with Brand X and you know, doing the doing the Christopher Lloyd thing, which is always great. But like we, we get the explanation that he is actually a robot that was created by Lady X. Men in Black style. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And where then she's that's like why in, he's like or like Scrappy Doo. Which yeah. is why like when he shows up in their like weird little like uh, icon world that becomes this whole it, it, the entire a place doesn't just like it's not like when it goes the lights go out they're wandering the aisles like it turns into a functional like cityscape and place like another dimension it's like how and then christopher lloyd's character this human just comes lumbering into this area at the end of the movie which i get a i get a big laugh out of every time <laughs> but yeah then it's revealed that he's a robot and then it's revealed also and this is one of the most like lewd and astonishing aspects of this movie i think is that a lady x explains that like well, she, you know, she was recalled. This is like the big twist of the movie. She was recalled because she was an ugly prune mascot. Um, <laughs> and so she she stole uh, the essence of Sunshine Goodness, Dex's, uh, Dex's lady friend, um, or cat lady friend, mm. the raisin icon. Uh, raisins, by the way, are poisonous to dogs. Just a note. <laughs> Guess they didn't. They didn't Jesus. know that. Um, but yeah, the thing is that she explains at the end is that like, well, she, I don't understand. Like, how did you get out of the store? Because you're you're just a branded icon yourself. And she has the line that is, when you look like this, and essentially you kind of like strokes her her body and her figure, uh, you can get humans to do anything. 
um, because she she evidently went down to Brazil for plastic surgery, mm-hmm. which like, begs the question <laughs> <laughs> that the logic of this movie <laughs> then means that like a two inch cartoon for a product <laughs> when it was ugly seduced a human being to bring it to Brazil for plastic surgery so that it would be more attractive and then it came back and then what is like the essence like what did that do like she grabbed and was like cool I need to like get this inserted into me or something and how does that really work especially if she's already had plastic surgery what does the essence have to do with anything yeah and also none of it mattered because she got like slapped the shit out of her sunshine goodness god oh my god yeah (laughs) cheap plastic surgery and she she gets slapped so hard she beats her till she's ugly it's insane (laughs) it's crazy it's like every criteria or like every way you could evaluate a movie it like it's horrible on every single gets everything level. Right. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, you check every single box of why this movie is so bad. And I was like, how is this also marketed for kids? And that's a really good, yeah, case in point with that in particular is like, then we're treated to what? Like she's punched into back into ugliness, mm-hmm. and then we get our the heroes of the movie saying, ah, look how ugly she and is. It's like, what is going on here? Well, and even the oh, theme of like this brand X is coming in to like replace these corporate brands so is this saying that like generic brands are evil or like into nazism right because brand x is literally portrayed as and and like gentle listener i'm not messing around here they they have (laughs) armbands they goose step in the street they have the like the iron eagle they They have have the the eagle she has a speech from the top of the building where she's saying that the undesirables will be sent to the expiration station this is some like ghastly shit they also do the thing in casablanca where they sing like the anthems the dueling national anthems which is why there are nazi figures it's supposed to be like a big casablanca thing but like how is that going to register for any kids at all On top of, yeah, Connor, as you're saying, the message essentially being that if you don't support corporately branded merchandise and products and support a more affordable generic or economy brand, it is akin to Nazi sympathizing. (laughs) So that setup doesn't surprise me, though, because if the whole sort of conceit of this movie was to get companies on board to like Mm -hmm. for having their mascots be featured in this movie, then you would see like how it would supposedly benefit them to participate in this so it's like oh shop brand name like you know Uh this movie giving that message so that you know the generic stuff will poison you yeah so that sort of like fucked up messaging doesn't necessarily surprise Mm -hmm. me in a case like this which but that for me becomes the baffling thing because as a company how would you want to be associated with this anyway because (laughs) as we discussed it features like outright like representations of nazism so it's a pretty extreme version of the desired metaphor but also it's it's a movie that uh, uh, that when we do actually see human beings in this movie like not the corporate icons not these these branded products living out their their lives in front of us when we actually see human beings, they're rendered in such a horrifying and grotesque so way. The thumbnail on YouTube. The yeah. one. I know. The lady shopping. Which is like, that. that's us. That's the audience. <laughs> so, like, this, this is a movie made just for companies. Yeah. Pretty much. Which is bizarre. Yeah. The one good thing I can say about Food Fight, and that I watched this with uh, friends of the show, Alana wow, and Sam. Going bold. Is that the... Dex Dog Detective? Am I getting that right? That's right, Dog Detective. His jacket looks good. The texture on the jacket. 
Well, they get some things. They like, get they get the texture on the jacket right. There's some things that they laboriously render, <laughs> like Lady X. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell that they were really jazzed mm-hmm. to animate that character as a highly oversexed character. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the like dance other... scene was actually pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, which one? There are two like sexual <laughs> when, dance when scenes. They're... Uh, I don't know. Like in her apartment? Yeah, it's like in her lair or whatever. She kind of like humps him a little bit. And I'm like, It's not really even dancing. It's just kind of like fuck moving. Yeah. (laughs) 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 To music. Like, it's bizarre. Oh my God. And it's two scenarios. One where there's like a tango. Yeah, where they're at her place. Maybe it's the tango one at her place. Yeah. But there's also the one preceding that where she meets him in like a schoolgirl outfit with and I don't know what school she's supposed to be going to. <laughs> Elbow length plaid oh, gloves. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one of the videos I took was of Lady X, and it's a really bad video. But she lifts her leg up. That shot. Yeah, like what? The and fuck planes was that? like shoot from in between her legs. Yes. It's the craziest thing. This, this is like this so is some many crotch shots in this oh my movie. God. Uh, um, Sunshine has some weird ass crotch shots too. Oh my god! When she picks, the detective picks her up and her like legs like flail up and like. You like see into her skirt. It's like, like they couldn't resist animating the upskirt, which I is know. disgusting. Mm-hmm. So this is simultaneously the most uh, racist, anti-Semitic, mm-hmm. and <laughs> sexiest movie ever to exist. <laughs> All three of these are operating at one time. Oh God! And and the sexual innuendos are literally galore to the point that there are I, I have here like what? God, these are going to be disgusting. Hey, and again, keep in mind, this is a kid's movie. Hey, sweet cakes, how about some chocolate frosting? Melts in your mouth, not in your hand. Uh, what can I say? Chicks dig chocolate. Uh, and these are a series of lines. How about joining me in a warm rinse? I'm not that dirty. Being filthy can be loads of fun, which is either a laundry pun or a disgusting pun. Um, and, of course... I didn't even get to play Lick the Icing with Sweet Cakes. Literally in my life. Like, this I movie can't. is aggressively sexual. <laughs> Which makes me wonder whether this was supposed to be like an adult animated movie and then they realized what a piece of garbage that they had produced. They're like, all right, well, we'll market it towards kids because they won't even know what good animation looks like. As and we then... were watching it, Alana said, this feels like the thing on like the side of a web browser that would be like, come play this adult game. <laughs> That's the perfect description. Yeah. Honestly. My God. That bat who ends up like Larry Miller, poor yeah. Larry Miller, who's Count Chakulia. That was the other video I took. There's a moment he like dances, yeah. and I like it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's Paolo from Princess Diaries. I know. But also when he's like, I love chocolate. That that sequence. Yeah, there was. Ugh. Yeah, this is kind of their vehicle for like gay panic jokes. Yeah, which yeah. is such a shame because Larry Miller, God bless him, is like trying with this script a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's just so terribly written, and his character looks awful. His like bow tie keeps moving up and down, right? This is, is that the character yeah. talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. But he's a good dancer. Just no one appreciates it. At what cost? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, I suppose all of this at what cost. Did you look up the only other movie that was attached to the director's name? Well, uh, as far as director, maybe. Uh, what is that? The like meditation movie. The meditation it was like movie. A, it's like a documentary that he did a couple years later. 
that's on. It's called Mindfulness. Be happy now. It's Ugh. about oh, mindfulness. Okay. I need that after. Oh my god, maybe he yeah, and maybe. Neil Breen like uh, oh, are best don't, friends. Don't say that. No, but it's like it's one of those things where I'm like, oh man, this guy did this movie and then like went through such a crisis. He's now directing <laughs> movies about mindfulness meditation. <laughs> He's needed to come down from the experience for years. Oh god, it's funny watching Dolomite is my name, a movie about a person who's trying desperately to make this passion project movie. And is this this guy's like movie? Like, is this what he wanted to do? Like, no holds bar. Like, nothing's gonna stop him. This is coming out. Well, like, there's is that... like love with those bad filmmakers. Right. Like when you watch an Ed Wood movie, oh like, right, sure. It feels like it's someone who loves this. It's just really horrible. And like there is <laughs> yeah, yeah. nothing. True. With involved, like love was not involved in this movie at all. There's no. not a scrap of it. It is. It's. It's a cold movie. It it's really very is. cold. Um. Well, I mean, I I've got a lot of production notes that I did want to uh, did want to cycle through really fast. But I mean, if anybody has any guesses as to why things turned out this way, like why do we think Food Fight was what Food Fight was? What what makes a movie this? I I can't I don't even know because like. As we mentioned, like, even if the animation was, like, high, like, Pixar quality or whatever, Mm -hmm. like, a high animation studio quality, the story is so bad. Like, Uh like, you don't, things don't need to totally get fucked Mm. up to have, like, a decent, or, like, there's no excuse for not a decent storyline and a discernible plot. The mm-hmm. only thing I could think of when I watched this movie, there's an episode of 30 Rock where Jenna goes to film a horror slasher movie in Connecticut. Oh <laughs> Do you guys, you know this? Okay, so like she's going to film it and as they're filming, the production gets crazier and crazier because all these people keep investing money and they're like, oh, well, if you talk about how beautiful Connecticut is, we'll give you all this money. Oh. So the end result <laughs> is that it's total garbage and unwatchable, but they made tons of money making it because oh. of all this. Right. So that's the only thing I could think of with this. Okay. Sometimes I think that humankind just has to reap what they sow, and like, <laughs> this is what we deserve. A manifestation of terribleness. Yeah. Oh, do we do we really deserve to be punished this much? Though? I think oh, so. <laughs> As humans, we've done some horrible things. When did you mention what year they started doing the voice work? Yes, that was 2002. So it took 10 years from recording <laughs> to release date. So presumably these actors were on board because the movie was still sort of in concept stage. And they're like, we need you just to like say these lines, get get this voice work. And then later does the – like I don't even know like how it would go – like how animation – what the process looks like. Mm-hmm. Do they – because nobody would have seen like a mock-up of that movie in that stage we saw and been like, <laughs> yes, I will be in your movie. I think they usually see like mock-ups and like storyboards. So what and did those all the audio is recorded like? first in animated movies, I think. Well, I mean, a paycheck's a paycheck, I guess, but like, <laughs> ooh. Well, is everyone ready right, for the us, sorted let tale us have of, it, Dave. Yes, please. of Food Fight and how this movie came to be? So... Um, we were speaking a little bit about its director a moment ago. Um, that's uh, Lawrence Larry Kasanoff. Um, I guess, as you said, he's directed one other thing, the meditation picture. Mindfulness meditation. So, he needed it. So this guy is also the producer of all of the Mortal Kombat movies and executive producer of True Lies. <laughs> what the fuck? This guy is a Hollywood producer. Who's like got a pretty established career in the late '80s and early '90s in mm-hmm. popular action film? 
Um, what happened, though, was that uh, he also, in 1992, founded what was called Threshold Entertainment. Uh, this was a company that served as an intellectual property hub, harvesting potential movie rights to video games and other commercial toy properties. Uh, the company also dabbled in web content centered around younger male audiences with series the likes of Bikini Masterpiece Theater. That doesn't surprise Ugh. me. So that's the scale of the kind of company that uh, right. Lawrence is, is it's founding here. It's making more here. sense now. <laughs> I just um, died again. <laughs> Kasanoff, then company chairman and chief executive, uh, began toying with the idea of an animated original property uh, in the late 1990s. Uh, he conceived of a project, a project that would incorporate corporately branded products and iconography supposedly free of charge to the representative corporations. The rub was that a cross-platform $100 million shared marketing blitz in support of the film from all featured brands would be rolled out. Uh, corporate advertisement tie-ins, revamped promotional product packaging. At one point, Kasanoff and Threshold Entertainment even imagined a live stage show, Food Fight on Ice. Oh, my God. What? That would be amazing. Um, could only make it better. <laughs> I could only make it better. While uh, already an entirely cynical capitalist venture from the start, uh, Kasanoff in particular still seemed to fancy Food Fight as something of a tentpole passion project, as Connor was suggesting, uh, claiming it would become Threshold Entertainment's own Casablanca and would cement the company as, quote, the next generation Pixar. Um, Get fucked. No now, the film production was troubled from the beginning. Uh, due to scheduling conflicts, uh, voice actors were recorded on different equipment at different times, resulting in clearly inconsistent audio quality. And then there was the animation. Uh, Kasanoff had a particular interest in an animation technique known as squashing and stretching, um, a style not unlike uh, early Looney Tunes animation, where characters' bodies are expressively squashed or stretched to accentuate motion. Um, you know, that makes a lot of sense with the weasel character. Right, which is why like you see several characters where like their body will run out of frame and their neck and head will remain centered on screen until it kind of pops out after them. There's also the scene where we see the kind of like naked mole rat things suspended in the air before falling. Like borrowing a lot mm. from like Mary Melodies and early Warner Brothers Looney Tunes kind of stuff. That, that kind of that, technique. That little creature was rendered pretty. I mean, it was gross, but like it had that like oily like yeah. kind of slick look, well, and I was like, okay, this looks different than a lot of the other. Is that what you're talking about? The like. That's one of them. Yeah, the the which Larry Kasanoff, the director uh, himself, voiced. That's the character <laughs> Cheezle the Weasel. Cheezle the Weasel, yeah. Uh, who is just sort of like weird sleuth character, but like. <laughs> I, I, I feel like he's rendered actually terribly because, like, they render his fur, but then they also render, like, a sheen on it as though but it's, like, metallic no or wet. Wait, yeah. isn't Cheezle the one that tries to sell him, like, inflatable sex dolls at the beginning uh, when she yeah, disappears? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. great. Yeah, that's the same children's movie, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> Wonderful. Um... <laughs> but uh, this approach i mean this uh the squatch and stretch uh, approach you know it was all well and good uh up until the production's master animation hard drive was reportedly stolen in what kasanoff would later dove quote uh an act of industrial espionage what if somebody who was working on it just took it and just like threw it off a train trestle like, this doesn't <laughs> deserve like, to, this... to reach audiences <laughs> and then it got worse <laughs> well then it got worse for a very specific reason and that was that um when the crew began uh reanimating the lost footage kasanoff had a change of heart since the production had stalled uh motion capture technology had become more commercially viable as an animation technique oh, no. so at this point at kasanoff's urging the animation team was forced to incorporate mocap and squash and stretch animation to extremely disparate animation styles into the same film 
Uh, they would later be quoted as saying that they and Kasanoff were by then, quote, speeding, speaking two completely different languages. Uh, Kasanoff would instruct animators with no knowledge of their craft with notes such as, quote, more awesome and, quote, 30% better. Uh, in the end, most working animators would go on to exclude the film from their professional resumes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 30% better. Oh, my God. As all of this wore on, the film's deadline continued to be delayed. Contracts were expired or nullified. uh, Properties changed hands. And a small fortune was lost over time. Uh, After missing deadlines in 2002, 2005, 2006, and 2007, the rights to the unfinished film were so drastically devalued that the property was ultimately owned by a non-film-based trust, the Fireman's Insurance Fund, (laughs) who still own the copyright to this day. Um, in the end, estimates for the film's budget range from roughly 45 to $65 million, Jesus. with a two-date cumulative worldwide gross of around $120,000. What? Still, those people who win. What the fuck? <laughs> That's like, what, 200 people? 500 people? And that was because after a, a, there was a short-lived uh, DVD distribution run, largely carried by Walmarts across the country. Uh, until the film was finally uh, fully uploaded to YouTube in 2018 with no effort to remove it due to copyright issues. That's how we all watched it. Um, in yep. summation, the entire uh, production is perhaps best summarized by the 2002 Threshold Entertainment licensee packet distributed to potential investors. Quote, all of this technology, work, time, talent, and artistry will make Food Fight unlike anything ever seen before on film. I, I certainly mean, have true. not seen well, anything like it. Yeah. <laughs> in a way, wrong. they were right. And I hope to never see anything like that. Do you think again. you can still find that DVD copy of it? Uh, I think you probably could. I think I looked on Walmart's uh, website actually for it, and I think it was valued at about $22, and I thought to myself, uh, absolutely not. No. So no. correct me if I'm wrong, this only had a the- theatrical release in the UK, correct? Uh, I I don't recall. I mean, I think it had a theatrical release. It didn't in the United States, but it did maybe abroad somewhere. I don't I remember. Thought that might be I thought right. I had come across that. Like that, it actually made money though. Like it, somebody not made money, but somebody actually bought a ticket to go to the theater <laughs> to witness this and see it. atrocity. On eBay, you can mm-hmm. currently buy a used copy for ninety nine cents. Yep, two dollars uh, okay. on Amazon. Wow. Or you can watch it for free on YouTube, which you know what you probably shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> but you know what's crazy about this poster I'm looking at right now? The tuna fish whale guy. He's in the movie. Charlie the Tuna. Yeah. Charlie the I Tuna. Charlie the Tuna was going to make a much bigger He's, no. he's front and center. Mm-hmm. But you have the Twinkie guy, the um, pickle pelican. The Vlasic Both of pickle store. are not in the movie. Uh, Mr. And Clean makes several appearances. He's in it. So Mr. Clean has maybe But he's not on the poster. Pickle, the pickle, the Vlasic pickle guy. Also, that poster it? looks like kind of decent and like, that's the thing that if you look up the just a trailer you'll see uh animation that isn't featured in the film it looks not good but a little bit a little better mm. than the finished product and that's because a lot of that was from before the animation hard drive was stolen well at least we know it was never gonna be good <laughs> if there was even a slimmer sliver of hope there i mean the most Cynical idea, maybe in in Hollywood filmmaking history, uh, as as like a capitalist venture, a highly questionable theme for a children's movie or a film in general, horrible sexual innuendos, uh, abundant racism. It's truly one of the most confounding things I've ever seen, and it, I think it's really a seeing is believing movie for me, which is is why I thought like you know we're doing I, I, I vowed to bring you guys more challenging cinema this year. So I suppose I could uh, I could do no better than starting with the worst movie I can imagine. And 
like I said, I don't think that's hyperbole. This, I think, is the worst movie wall-to-wall and floor-to-ceiling that yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. I'll never forget it. <laughs> Where is he Probably now? What is Larry doing right now? I don't know. 2015, he made that movie about meditation. Meditation. So I yeah, hope yeah. he's still meditating. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Lawrence, Larry, if you're listening, uh, you know, let us know. Uh, or don't. God, I guess you. it's fine. If you want to come on, hopefully he's like in a monastery somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> he's just shut off from the world. No, you know that guy's like work on his next business deal food fight too. Yeah. <laughs> There's also like very little food fighting in the movie. Like, well, like I mean, they shout it the several end. times. There's what the one sequence that feels like it goes on forever, but right. it's probably only about six or seven minutes. They shout it at the beginning too, was, which was confusing was for gone. me. And oh, then that was also the exactly big like buildup was to the food fight. I was confused. Yeah. Right. <sighs> this That's is him. him with his dog. It's a cute dog. He is a cute little Labrador. Wow. Well, Dave, you finally did it. You this threatened. Is... To show us this movie this whole time, which hopefully this means that the other movies you pick this year can only be better. I can't imagine. I can't. I don't think even with our differences in taste or anything like that, that I can bring you guys anything worse than this. So I, I think we're smooth sailing so. from here on out. Great. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm glad it was. Is this? Uh, yeah, this is the first uh, film review of 2020. So Ugh. welcome, welcome to the new year, folks. It's gonna be a rough We're really year. gonna set yeah. the tone for uh, what we expected the year early mm-hmm. on. Before we kind of wrap up, any final thoughts on Food Fight? Other than uh, you know, bury it where it belongs. Somewhere I think far, if you far away like movies, you should watch this. You know, I think you can learn a claim. lot. <laughs> I think you could like appreciate how good we have it sometimes. <laughs> I think it's a great cautionary tale. Uh, for uh, for f- potential filmmakers, especially animators, it's definitely something you should see, uh, if only to know exactly what to avoid. It should be used as like a torture device or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was about to say, if you're really like hating yourself, yeah, do it. He was involved in Lego Star Wars. Oh. Or threshold animation. Oh, you know that's probably because they had the rights to it. Them being um, originally just like a copyright production hub. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sneaky, sneaky Kasanoff. Getting, oh, it's uh, funny. IBM got a, got a, was featured in the movie too. It wasn't even just food brands too. Yeah. Remember oh, they're yeah. like, let's use this IBM computer to look up where all these characters are. And if she comes out like a little fairy or something. Yeah. yeah. But I think the lines are just upload, download, <laughs> email. <laughs> Yikes. God. What a journey. Well, thank you for joining us on it. Um, you'll be joining us again next week. We're going to be kind of getting into uh, our annual, um, in, in lieu of the coming Oscars and the uh, the already established Golden Globe Awards, um, we're going to be breaking down our uh, Butter With That Awards extravaganza part two. Woo-hoo! And that's going to be for the year of 2019. We take a look at uh, some of our favorite and uh, some of our least favorite films of uh, of the past year. But before we leave, does anyone else have anything they'd like to plug? Anything they'd like to mention that is forthcoming? Uh, Witchpath Podcast, podcast our friends um, Misty and Alyssa. They just have a new episode coming out this past week, so give that a listen. If you listen to this episode the day that it comes out, come to Misty's bookshop on Saturday Ooh, evening, yes. 7 o'clock, for some weird noises. And mm-hmm. yeah. A novel idea on Passyunk Avenue. Yeah. yeah. A novel idea, Passyunk. 
Um, my top 10 plus honorable mentions for 2019 are on Cinema76, so you can check that out. Um, and then Garrett, uh, I like to movie movie. They just did Rashomon, which I was going to watch, and then I had a stomach bug, so I watched Shitch Creek instead. Uh, <laughs> I nice. did that too, and I had a stomach Hell bug. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, we can debrief. Yeah. After the episode Great. ends. <laughs> Nobody needs to hear Sounds about good. a stomach bug. <laughs> if you want to hear about the stomach bug, let us know at butterwiththatpodcast uh, at gmail.com. Oh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're all so there. Funny. We're going to get some weird messages. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I think with that, that's probably about our cue. So, uh, folks, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. And uh, we're going to snap, crackle, and pop out of here. Oh, my God. Oh. We're going to banana, banana split. split out of here. Nobody says we're going to split out of here. Like, that's <laughs> not even a line. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.